Driving Test Tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test. Welcome to the Driving Test Tales podcast. This is a show where we give you the story, the tale, if you like, behind the driving test. Now, as a driving instructor, one of the most common questions I get asked is what happens on a driving test and that's the purpose of this podcast is to let you know from the perspective of someone that's taken it someone that's maybe got an interesting story through the filter of me a driving instructor so hopefully give you some insight on the driving test on learning to drive and occasionally even a little bit on the theory as well now Hopefully you've caught the recent update I released saying just a couple of changes I've made to the show, mainly about the structure, in that it's now going to be more fluid. So rather than going in seasons, I'm just dropping the episodes more fluidly, usually one a month going forward. But there won't be in seasons on previous episodes. You may find that I refer to it as season one, season two. Now it's just going to be episodes going forwards. But I'm sure you're delighted that I'm back because I'm delighted to be back, and we've got a very special episode for you today. Joined by a former pupil of mine, who tells us about the struggle she had with her driving testing. It got moved, and it got cancelled, and the the way that her first test didn't necessarily go the way she wanted, and how she overcame that, how she changed instructors, how she changed driving test centres, how she commuted from Cambridge to Leeds, to to learn and to to get the driving test done so really awesome episode i definitely recommend checking this out even if you just want to find out a bit more about how it all works so that's enough for me for now make sure that you are clicking subscribe make sure that you are leaving me a nice little review make sure you're sharing this with all your friends as well we'd love to help as many people as possible and if you'd like more from me make sure you head over to tcdrive.co.uk. You can find the link in the show notes there. But for now, let's dive into this episode. And today I am joined by a former pupil of mine in Julia Fierek. How are we doing, Julia? I'm great. Yeah. What about you? I am great. Well, it depends because on a scale of one to ten, how good was my pronunciation of your surname? (laughs) You know what? It's a lot better than a lot of people can do. So I, I think it's very good. I will take that. I'll definitely take that. Um, thank you for joining us on this episode of Driving Test Tales, where we uh, dive into the tale and the story of your driving test and what led up to it. Now, on this episode, I don't tend to talk too much about the theory, but I think we are wanted just to touch briefly on that beforehand because I found your theory quite interesting uh, from two perspectives. So first of all, when you passed your theory, you passed and uh, you obviously told me you passed and you also told me you'd done some digging and found out that you finished in the top 5% of all people that had taken the theory test. Um, so first of all, congratulations on finishing the top 5%. <laughs> But Thank the, you. The two things I want to touch on there. Firstly, um, how you reacted to that? Because I can remember you were slightly disappointed that you weren't even higher. So I'm just intrigued, just to get your thoughts slightly on that, the high expectations you have on yourself and how you find that helped or hindered your theory and, and your driving. Yeah, so I think 
the thing I was most frustrated about was situational judgment, where one of the questions I think I got zero on. I guess I must have clicked too many times or just completely missed it. Uh, and so I think that was the most surprising one. And then with theory, the you know, the actual questions, some of them you really think back on afterwards. You know, you, you think of them an hour after you leave and think, oh, God, of course it was the other answer. And so some of them seem quite obvious afterwards. Um, yeah, I think one of the ways that it helped being so competitive about it and, and driven is that it made me practice a lot. And so I would sit there and challenge myself to get as high marks as I could. And I'd, I'd just repeat the test, the practice test. And sometimes I would honestly just sit there and keep going as fast as I could until I got full marks, um, which I did manage a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it was a big motivator having high standards. But at the same time, you don't want to do well and then come out of it upset, even though you've, you've passed. That's a that's a success. <laughs> Definitely. And the, the other thing there, I think, is you mentioned about doing the mock test, but it, it wasn't just that. Because I can remember um, both on lessons and sort of away from lessons, you were sending me screenshots of pictures uh, of questions and, and stuff you don't understand. And so you, were, you weren't just sort of doing those mock tests. You were actually diving into sort of the method behind the madness if you like yeah definitely I honestly think the best way to pass any test is to actually understand the content and with the theory you know you you can't just think of it as a test you have to you know tick off just to get your your um, your practical test available you've got to actually see the point of it and the point is to make you know it while you're actually driving and you won't know it by just knowing answers because you know when you're actually driving you don't get a question thrown at you while you're you're going you just see something you've got to respond to it and so you actually have to understand whether you know that actually applies to you at the time whether that's the sign you're supposed to be looking at you've got right. to understand it <laughs> I love the answer. That's cheered me up so much. And uh, yeah, I just want to clarify, I haven't paid you to say that. <laughs> no. Um, but no, I think that generally the people that go in with that attitude always have the better results, whether that's just getting the pass or a higher pass, and then obviously taking that forward into your driving as well. So no, I, I love that. And speaking of your driving, I want to move on to your uh, learning now, because I want to ask you first how you found an instructor because, as I mentioned at the start, I was your instructor for like ninety nine percent of your mm-hmm. your driving. But do you want to tell us how you chose an instructor? How that process went? Yeah, so I I started looking for an instructor last summer, so summer twenty twenty one, I think it was, um, and it was just for some context. It was a time when restrictions were going down, so COVID was um you know holding us back a lot less and things were like driving lessons were you know being run again and so I thought well this is my opportunity I had finished my second year of university and I was thinking okay it's um it's probably about time to start learning but because it was summer it's also the time when a lot of people are free and so it was it was very difficult to find anyone who was who was even available so I just I looked at a a long list and just messaged as many instructors as I could. Um, and Terry got back to me and I think I think two or three others did saying that they have availability. So after I'd, you know, narrowed it down to who might actually 
you know want to put that time forward to to spend with me teaching me to drive then it was the matter of, of choosing which of the instructors I should go for it was fascinating for me because at the time like you mentioned I had availability I didn't really uh, I can remember saying this at the time I mm. have like minimal availability I think most instructors at the time had very limited availability but I couldn't not take you on because of the way you contacted me it's like I love it when people get in touch where you did which was really sort of explanatory you got in touch you told me um when you're available I think you said like any time for these dates and this is when I'm going back to to uni this is when I'm going uh, uh I think you were going on a like a month to Poland uh see yeah. family and stuff and and telling me what you even tell me what your concerns were and stuff like that and it's like this is the start of student I want to work with and if I will find space and I know that you sort of test drove if you like a couple of different instructors and it's something that I've recommended on the podcast before, actually, that people do try different instructors to find out who's right for them. Not necessarily that one's better or worse than the other, but who's right for them. So do you want to tell us a little bit about experience of going with different instructors and what made you choose me? Yeah, so I I did have a lesson before I had any kind of um, lessons with Terry. So um, my very first driving lesson was with someone else. And I I didn't really even have a chance to explain all my concerns and the things I was worried about. I was just put in the driver's seat, told, I guess, like the mechanics of of mirror, mirror, check, scan, do this, do that, and and go. I didn't really understand what I was looking for. I didn't really know why I'm doing it, what I'm doing. It was just, this is what you do, drive. <laughs> so I was I was thrown into the deep end with it. And yeah, I think maybe it was a little bit overwhelming. Uh and I guess it at the end of the lesson, it just it just felt like, well, I guess I guess everything that was supposed to take place did take place. You know, I I, I learned some some stuff on how to drive. I I did go. It was it was safe, but um, I think I, I it still didn't feel right. I think that's the best way to explain it. And and so then when I had a, a lesson with Terry, it just it it confirmed that the previous one just wasn't right. And again, like there was nothing wrong with the lesson. Everything that should have happened on a lesson happened, but it just it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like the way that I wanted to be taught and the way that would suit me and give me the best kind of te- learning experience that I could have. So is that something you'd maybe suggest to other people? Not necessarily they go out and try loads of instructors, but if their instructor doesn't feel right, move on and find one until it does. Yeah. And even even before that, I did actually plan. I, I did go into that lesson telling that instructor, because I think it's important to to also communicate properly with your instructor and tell them, you know, I am maybe looking for just one lesson at the moment. Um, and I remember even telling Terry that I said before I commit to, you know, um, a whole block of lessons, I'd just like one just to see how it feels, just to see if I think it's even the right time for me to start learning, if you're the right person. And so I was very clear about that to the first instructor too, that I just wanted one lesson just to see how I feel um, because I did think that the best way to make that decision would be to try some people out and then let them know, yeah, this is good for me or actually I've um, I've decided to go with someone else. Yeah, and and you spoke before about um, the way that you wanted to be teaching, the way, sorry, teaching, that's not a great <laughs> word, is it? The way that you want to be taught. 
because I can remember on our lessons, often when you came to me, you'd have like an idea of what you wanted to work on. And it it wasn't even necessarily always that you couldn't do it or something you struggled with. It was often something that you didn't like or something that scared you, you wanted to go and, and work mm. on again. And I think other times on the lessons, it were like you you quite enjoyed talking things through at times, you know, and because you could, you knew you could physically do it, but maybe you didn't mm. quite get the concept of it. And and I think that was always really helpful to me as an instructor that you would come to the lesson with these ideas and these thought process. It even takes me between lessons sometimes to, to ask stuff, which is always really, really helpful. So anyone listening to this now, you know, always feel free to contact your instructor. But I think just asking you about your lessons overall for a minute, was there anything in particular that you struggled with? Honestly, I think even to this day, the, the hardest thing about driving for me has been confidence. Honestly, you'd be surprised how how much better you are than you think you are. And so for me, it's it's always been a matter of confidence, always been a matter of me thinking I'm not quite there with something when I'm a lot further ahead than where, where I think I am. So even if it's not like one specific thing, like the things I'm not confident about change and the things I was not confident in on day one, I'm, I'm confident in now. But there are different things now that I'm not confident <laughs> in yet. Uh, and so it's always like a progressing thing. It it was always fascinating working with you. There, there was you would be doing stuff and you'd be doing it absolutely perfectly. There'd be literally no faults, and you would still look terrified at times. <laughs> and and you'd do it repeatedly over and over again, just brilliantly, but still look scared. And and I, I do sometimes like to talk specifically about about things that relate to students. So I hope you don't mind me saying this one, but. <laughs> I just found it so so brilliant the uh, the oh god moments <laughs> where we'd just be driving and something really innocuous <laughs> it could just be a change of gear but for some reason it will just get a little oh god <laughs> which I don't know it just really amused me um, so how did you deal with that then with the confidence thing what what advice if anyone listening and is struggling mm. with confidence maybe what advice would you give to them. Um, yeah, I suppose just put yourself in in a spot where you are comfortable. Make sure you're you're surrounded by people in the car who are who do increase your confidence, who do reassure you, who make you feel like you are really safe. And again, that's another thing you really need to look for in an instructor, just someone who makes you feel like they are there for you. And if anything goes wrong, they'll prevent it from going wrong. And so that's the first thing. Make sure you're not in a car with someone who's shouting oh god even louder than you are <laughs> um yeah and then and then when you have that kind of safe base just just make yourself repeat the thing you're scared of if if you repeat it enough times and and if slowly you get less reassurance each time less guidance through it each time then you'll notice yourself doing it and and it becomes automatic and at that point, it's um, not even something you're thinking about. So you're not getting any thoughts in your head about, oh, am I confident doing this? You just do it. And and only afterwards think, oh, oh wow, I, it, ha- it happened and it was fine. I think uh, I think that's really good advice. Uh, there is one other thing I want to touch on around your uh, lessons or kind of touch on before about um, your holidays and, and, and uh, going back to uni. So that we had kind of big gaps between lessons. Uh, you were sort of in Poland for a month. Mm. You were back in uh, Cambridge Uni for a few months. How did you find dealing with that? In, in fact, just before you even answer that, I'm going to throw in my side because I can remember 
you know, you've been away for, you know, three or four weeks and then starting to text me saying, Terry, I've forgotten everything. I'm not going to be able to do it. It's all going to go wrong. I might as well give up. All that kind of stuff. But yeah, what, what's what's your thoughts on that looking back now? Again, I think it's like confidence, 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 confidence. It's such a big thing. And I think every time I had this big gap, I would lose that confidence and think it, it's just all going to go wrong when I come back. Um, and it didn't. And you remember more than you think. And honestly, like the, the fear of it is is worse than actually actually doing it. So, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I'm pretty sure I said to you, but yeah, I remember saying it to you was, look at what you're achieving now. Now imagine what you could achieve if you actually believed in yourself. Mm. And I think that's um, I think that's very relevant. But let's move on to your driving test then. Now, a question I like to ask everyone and the one that people don't like being asked, did you pass your driving test at the first attempt? No, I did not. <laughs> no. Right, well, we're going to come on to them in a second, but we didn't even get to your first driving test, did we? No, it was sadly cancelled on the morning of. It was the 9am test and, and I was up at you know, like 6.30 <laughs> stressing out about it, um, but ready, ready to take it, ready to face it um, before I got a call um from the DVSO. Yep. yep. Um saying that we're well, sorry, but your instructor's unavailable. I mean not your instructor, your um examiner is unavailable. Um and so that was it. And they said we'll contact you shortly with a rearrangement. Now obviously on the day that happened you were bothered. <laughs> you know, yep. you had your test book. If I remember rightly, didn't was it put back a few weeks and then you had to go back to Cambridge and come up the day before your test to take it? Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was a bit complicated with um, having having lessons back home and then having to come up north every time I wanted to, like, continue or do the test. And so I'd actually not gone to uni in order to take my test. So I, I, I was going to start, like, you know, turn up to uni a little bit late. Um, because I was doing my, I was supposed to do my first test in January, and so when I found out that it was cancelled, I was I was gutted. I was like really upset about it, and I was also upset that I'd, I suppose, like maybe wasted some time when I could have been at university. Um, and then when I found out that I'll have to do it during term time, so I, I had to take a train up, um, and then I missed like a day of lectures, and so yeah, and and that's the one I didn't even pass. So I took a day out of uni, <laughs> travelled miles, only to fail. But again, this comes back to your attitude, and I, I spoke about this a little bit before, and I really hope that that people take this from, from this podcasting. Your attitude was spot on from day one. So even that day your test got cancelled, obviously you're going to be frustrated and annoyed. That's clearly, but it's like the next day, it was like, click, right, what now? And just organised it and just moved on and, and dealt with it going forward. And I think that almost using it to your advantage in, in, in some way. So I think that your, your attitude there was spot on. But do you just want to talk to us a little bit about that that first test, how it felt going on your first ever driving test? And then, because the thing you you didn't pass on, the mistake you made, I think is, is, is fascinating, sort of the circumstances around that. So just tell us a little bit about how it felt taking your driving test and then and what went wrong. Yeah. So my driving test was in Thornbury, Bradford. And I think the thing, the first thing I struggled with was that I had never, um, like my mum avoids Bradford. 
she avoids she avoids driving in Bradford and so it's got quite a bad reputation and everyone who I heard who had had tests in Bradford said it's it's really hard and and I guess like the stats of the of the test center are not the most uh confidence boosting and so the first obstacle really was just the fear and the anticipation and and I guess like the the reputation of the place and so straight away even before I went there I, I had these preconceptions of of the area I'm going to be driving in and 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 so I guess that fear can really hold you back and so I'd, I'd, I'd honestly say like don't don't think about it don't feel too sorry for yourself if you don't get the location that you wish you had uh, and just think okay so this is where I'm going to be this is the place and I'm going to deal with it and, and it's going to go fine if you go into it scared because oh my cousin didn't pass here or something or whatever it's it's already starting on a bad note and that's that's the last thing you want I think I just want to touch on that for a second before I let you come back to the rest of your mm-hmm. test because it's like you were saying before about confidence and it was I can remember being in Bradford and and, and you talking about that while we're driving around and I'm like yeah but you're literally doing it <laughs> you're in Bradford you're driving completely fine so what, what are we scared of but like you said it's that that thing it gets ingrained in your brain a little bit mm. doesn't it this 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 reputation of Bradford so yeah what about the the test itself then how did it feel doing the test yeah so I went into the test and I, I think I was quite calm I I felt quite comfortable with the examiner she seemed very friendly it, it really calmed me down um I, I warned her about the fact that I sometimes I talk to myself while I'm <laughs> driving and so it felt like you know a, a little bit of humor got the nerves out um on the actual test I thought things were going okay um again I was just trying to keep my confidence up every time I did something well I thought yeah look 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 at you you're going through this it's good it's good um and at the time I think when I was doing it I think um it was still during COVID when they would turn you back or like make you drive back to the test center uh if you if you did something to to make you not pass uh and so every time I realized like oh I don't think we're going back so I kept thinking, oh, this is this is great. This this means that I haven't actually failed. Otherwise, she would have said, all right, let's go back. Um, and so I was feeling really optimistic about it. And I, I didn't recognize where I was for most of the test until the final road. I thought, oh, that that's the test center. That's the test center. And I looked, you know, at the uh, at the clock and I thought, oh wow, this this time has gone really fast. But I'm, you know, like two two minutes away from the the scheduled end time and she didn't turn me back to come back so I must have passed and I was about to do the right turn which leads you onto like a really small road which then has the left turn into the test center and I was so excited about the fact that I thought I'd passed that I didn't quite look at the oncoming traffic <laughs> um and so I saw my light was green I thought great I'm going to turn turn right and then turn left and I've passed um, and as I was about to go and do that right turn, two cars came up and they'd been coming from the opposite direction and I wasn't about to stop for them. I thought my light is green. That means go. Um, and it did not because their light was also green. So if she had, if, if the examiner had not pressed the brakes, we would have had um, an unfortunate crash. But of course, the fact that she, she you know, interfered meant that I'd failed. So it was absolutely gutting being minutes away from passing. And I guess that that confidence and 
got a bit much. <laughs> I was it, on the wrong side of it at that point. It, it was one of the most heartbreaking fails I've had as an instructor mm. because not even for the, the, the fault, if you like, it was the reason, like you'd said, you just – you realise, oh, I just need to go right and then uh, then left and then I'm done and, and that yeah. allows you to get a bit distracted. And and I think it's one of them things where, and, and I hate saying this, I, I really do, but cause I can hear my, myself saying it, but it's, if you weren't on your test, you wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that, but again, I come back to your attitude and your mindset in that you almost allowed yourself to have a day to be annoyed and frustrated by it. And it did bother you, clearly. Again, no one likes mm. failing a driving test. But it was like the next day or a couple of days later, you're back on it. It's right, what yeah. now? Booking again. Let's make a plan. Let's go again. And you don't let it affect you in the long term. It's like you've got to out your system and mm. then get your head back in the right space again and, and go again. So then we came to your second test. How did your second test go? Well, I, I passed. So I go. guess that's, uh, that's the long and short of it. <laughs> um, well, tell us a little bit about that then, because that was at a different test centre, wasn't it? Yeah, so that one was at Horsforth, which, funnily enough, is the one that I originally wanted to be at. And yet, I I think I actually found that one harder. And so we, we set off. I was really nervous. Again, I think the anticipation, knowing that I'd already failed before, not wanting to fail again, meant that I, I was honestly shaking my legs were shaking I was really scared because I thought the car will just like be really juttery because I couldn't keep my foot still um it was really nerve-wracking and and I got a I think I got seven minors on that one um and again that that was I suppose it wasn't difficult at that point because I was just glad to have passed but I think in the past I would have been quite upset about that one too because of someone who who is quite competitive and I suppose I've, I've been lucky enough to not have failed at many things before that I, I, I set my standards quite high and so honestly I, th- I think just quickly going back to that first test I think that failure like well I guess it wasn't even a failure for me at that point because I honestly think it's it's the best thing that could have happened for me it gave me a bit of a crisis at the time and I think definitely when when you don't pass at something, you should just let yourself get all your emotions out, you know, without any shame. Just let yourself experience that because that, at the end of the day, that's how you feel about about it. And so you should let yourself go through it like that. But um, honestly, I think I've got a lot of benefits out of it. And in the end, I think I remember Terry saying, if, you, if you'd passed that first one, how much driving between now and then would you have actually done? Like, like and, and when... When you're like 90, will you look back at that those few months that you didn't have a license and, and think, oh my God, that was awful, worst, worst few months of my life? Well, you won't. So it, it really was a, a, a benefit in the end. I think uh, I think that's a brilliant way to look at it. And I, I kind of just want to touch on that for a second because like you said, you you got more driver faults on the one you passed than the one you failed. And the one in Bradford, you you said you almost maybe easy is the wrong word, but you found easier than the one in Horsforth, and yet yeah. you was more scared of the one in Bradford. And I think yeah. it just shows we get we get these these built up ideas and these misconceptions that other people feed to us, like you said. And 
we cannot let it override. And then you let the the idea of coming to end of your test influence you a little bit. But but yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, anyone that isn't local to, to Leeds and Bradford, Bradford is a much more kind of hectic area. It's much mm. more stop and start. There's more traffic lights, more lanes. When you get off to Horsforth, it's a bit more rural, more open roads and roundabouts. Um, so yeah, just just regarding the test set and regarding anything else, whether your lessons or whatever you want to go with this, what advice or tips would you give to anyone learning to drive or with a test coming up? Oh, um, I suppose, first of all, just practice the things you're scared of. Um, don't avoid them because when you when you have passed, which will happen, even if even if it takes a couple of tries, when you have passed, then I guess you won't have an instructor, you won't have an examiner with you know control over the car as well. You, you won't have anyone there a lot of the time, and and you won't just be restricted to the areas where you did the test. And so you actually need to know how to drive, <laughs> and so you can't just avoid certain things you're scared of because or or even avoid things that you know won't be on your test so even if you know your test area you think oh well that's where it is the same way I knew my first one would be in Bradford but then we didn't want to just restrict ourselves to learning in Bradford because it's not just about passing the test and then because I failed the first time and my second one was in a different place if I'd only focused my learning in one area what next I would have been unprepared for for the second test I would have been unprepared for actual driving in real life and so yeah really when you're learning to drive equip yourself to to do the driving afterwards think think long term if especially if if you're in your 20s then you've got a lifetime ahead of you of driving you might even end up driving in other countries one day so you've really got to know that you've you're confident in it and know that you can adapt and not just pass a test. I think I said this earlier on and I'm going to repeat it. I have not paid you to say these <laughs> words because I no. I love the answer. That's where, and the, that phrase, uh, you actually need to know how to drive. That's the title of this podcast. And uh, yep. yeah, that's definitely going to be a soundbite I use somewhere, but it's, it's so true. I think that, you know, sometimes we forget that we're learning to drive and we forget about, and we focus too much on the test. So no, wonderful words there. Um, moving on then, pet peeves. I like to ask people what things either that you come across on your lessons or when you've driven since from other road users annoy you the most? Well, I think, I think other drivers being impatient and doing things that I wouldn't necessarily do. So I think I'm quite cautious when I drive. Um, and so it bugs me when other drivers aren't. And so now now my oh gods have have progressed into, you know, again, trying to be patient with it, understanding that I guess maybe they just didn't have as good an instructor as me. Um, you know, maybe they're just in a rush. And so so now I, I would say, Oh, okay, little friend. All right, all right. <laughs> you you do you do that. <laughs> um, people not indicating, not not showing me where they're going. Yeah, just, I guess, doing things that are unexpected, that's never good. Because I, I guess sometimes you, if you've seen someone driving really badly, then you you know that they're going to be awful. But sometimes when people are doing everything fine and all of a sudden they're just like, what? And it's uh, unexpected, then, yeah. yeah. I love that. I think you're 100% <laughs> right as well. The, the people that you can see that obviously being dangerous, obviously being stupid, 
we can avoid them really easily. But like yeah. you said, it's the ones we don't expect. That's when they throw a problem up. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. And then I also want to ask you, because uh, it wasn't that long ago you passed, admittedly, but since you passed, how has driving helped you? How have you used your driving or how will it help you going forward? Yeah, so um, I've been very fortunate in that I've um, I've been insured on my boyfriend's car. And so I've been able to to borrow his car sometimes. Um, and also I've been very lucky in that his, his family are very encouraging. And so sometimes when I think I'm, I lose my confidence, I think, oh, I'm not good enough to do this drive. They say, no, Julia, you are going to drive. <laughs> and so even when we're driving together, when I'm with, with my partner, then sometimes even when I'm really, especially when I'm really not feeling like it, he'll say, no, you've got to drive this bit because one day maybe I'll be driving back from work and yeah, I'm, I'm studying medicine. So I guess coming back from a night shift, let's say, I really don't feel like driving, but I've got to. And so you've you've got to practice those situations as well. Um, and so I guess it'll, yeah, I, it, it's a useful skill to have. It's honestly like the independence. Um, there have been times when it just makes more sense logistically when you have a car, when you can, when you can drive. Uh, yeah Uh, and I know that before we started recording you were saying you had like uh, an idea of what your dream car was do you want to tell us what your dream car is oh yeah so it's a little bit basic maybe a little bit but uh, a convertible mini a convertible mini cooper it can be as old as it needs to be as long as it works my standards aren't high it just the, the dream would be a convertible Mini Cooper with some cute little pastel colour. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a great show. I really do. Uh, as you know, I, I'm in a Mini at the moment, so I, I think it's a good show. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I miss it so much. I miss the lessons, <laughs> and the closest I can get is also driving in a Mini. <laughs> Well, uh, next time you're up, we'll have a we'll have a little cheeky one hour drive somewhere. <laughs> we'll fit a lesson in somewhere. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you giving me your time today. Is uh, lots of good advice, lots of really wise words. There's anything else you think that you'd like to to chuck in? Yeah, I suppose driving lessons like they don't start before you've even yeah. I guess driving starts before you've even chosen your instructor. Often, so I guess when you're approaching that, just like be nice to people. Um, be nice to your instructor be nice to potential instructors uh yeah be nice in your messages and your lessons it's just an, a nicer process for everyone um and I guess even selfishly then if if you're nice you might get more out of it and you might get you know some, someone will want to offer you their time their lessons uh yeah don't don't be too upset when when things don't go to plan just roll with it realize that's just how it was meant to be that's just how it happened and that'll just be part of your story and like I was very very sensitive about the fact that I'd failed my first driving test when it first happened the first few days I just told my friends like don't mention it don't even talk about it pretend it didn't happen um but with time like it just it just becomes a little fun fact about you and you learn to laugh about it and and it's just part of your story and part of what helps you get to where you are. And uh, and as I say to everyone, you passed your driving test in fewer attempts than I did. 
<laughs> you've done all right. Um, but yeah, more wise words uh, and all that's left for me to say is uh, thank you for sharing your driving test tale with us. Yeah, no problem. Drive, yeah, multiple driving tests <laughs> tales. Driving test tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test.